up, everybody? Today we continue with the life of David, arguably Israel's greatest king, apart from Christ, that is. In our last episode, we wrapped up with David being anointed by Samuel, who was the prophet of God at the time. You know, Samuel was the one who God spoke through when there was a message to be delivered to the people. Samuel anointed Saul as the first king over Israel and is now anointing David to become the second king of Israel. As we read about uh, David's anointing, it is important to remember that we look at it knowing the whole story. But at the time, it is likely that Samuel did not reveal to them why David was being anointed, ceremonially speaking, and why he was, uh, you know, the, the full details on why he was being anointed. You know, if word got out that Samuel was anointing David uh, to be the next king, it would have sent Saul over the edge, and he probably would have tried to kill a bunch of people. So, you know, God had other things to accomplish with David before uh, Saul would begin to pursue David. So that is where we pick up today. What do you do after you have been anointed for a purpose or a task? What do you do once you realize the calling on your life and that this calling has been placed on your life and maybe that calling is leading you in a new direction? That is what we will learn from David's life in this episode of A King in the Making. Now, before we begin answering those questions, let me go over something that I feel is very important is often overlooked or passed over when studying about David because it deals primarily with Saul. However, it is the thing that leads to uh, David becoming the greatest king or becoming you know, the next king in Israel. And yes, technically speaking, um, some people will say that David is the second king or the third king because Ishbosheth, which was Saul's son, um, will become the, the king of Israel after Saul dies, while David is technically the king of Judah at that time. But we'll go over that in episodes much further down the road. But technically speaking, David is anointed as the next king of Israel um, while Saul is still king. So he's the second person to be anointed king. And what happens here with Saul that we're about to go over is what leads to David being anointed uh, as the next king of Israel. So let's take a look at 2 Samuel 15. It tells us that God rejects Saul. Um, now, this is super important because Saul really makes a grave mistake here. And in 2 Samuel 15, uh, when he, it tells us that God rejects Saul as king of Israel because Saul turned from God and rejected his commands. 2 Samuel 15, 26 says, And Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. This doesn't mean that Saul was not allowed to make mistakes. This is a heart issue. Saul's heart was in the wrong place. He did not have a heart for God. When he rejected God's commands and knowingly, deliberately disobeyed God while trying to justify it with a lie, saying he was, you know, what he did when he disobeyed God, he was trying to say that he did it because he was going to make sacrifices to God and he was going to honor God with the stuff that he brought back that was stuff God said not to bring back. So he he tried to cover it up with a lie. And I'm not quite sure how what's going through your head when you think you can lie to God in that way. But um, he does. He, he, he tries to cover it up and tries to... Um, Really, he shows his heart of the matter. 
And so Saul sealed his fate and revealed the truth by deliberately disobeying uh, what God instructed him to do. Saul rejected God and his sovereignty, and God rejected him as king over Israel. Now, it was real important because the command God gave Saul was was simple when he, he told him to go in and, and destroy everything, you know, kill everything, destroy everything. And what did Saul do? Saul brought back not only the king uh, of that that city, but he brought back, you know, the best of the the cattle and the and the crops, etc. He kept the best stuff for himself. And then he tried to say, well, I'm going to honor God with it. You know, Well, how is that possible when you are dishonoring God by bringing it back? God was very clear about what to do regarding um, this city and this king and, and all that stuff. It was supposed to, everything was supposed to be destroyed. So uh, Saul completely and deliberately disobeyed God and then lied about it in the process. So you see uh, there's several issues going on with Saul here. Um, number one, a God issue, a heart issue, a faith issue, um, probably an issue of pride and greed and power. And there's probably numerous things going on here. But the most important thing is that he decided to do what he wanted to do because he was king. And he disregarded God's commands and disregarded, you know, basically God in general. So this is kind of what leads to God saying, okay, you know what, Saul, you had your chance. I'm rejecting you as king because you rejected me. And that kind of ties into some other things, really. Uh, it makes me think about how, you know, um, in the New Testament and dealing with faith and how Jesus says, if you deny me before the Father, uh, you know, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father in heaven. And again, having to do with rejection, like you reject God, he, he, he has you leave him no choice but to reject you. Uh, in the end. So Saul pays a heavy price for this, um, but it won't come all at once. Um, it'll come in stages. And so anyway, so moving on, this shows us that God can and will remove an anointing or calling on your life or remove you from a position that you have been elevated to when you turn from him and reject his ways. And, and that's what happens with Saul. Okay. God had elevated him to be the king and now, because he rejected God, God is going to reject him and remove the anointing from his life, remove the calling and the anointing um, and the position eventually. So you might feel like you are at the top of your game, but if you fail to honor God with what he has given you and you put your desires above his purpose for your life or his ways, he can and will remove you from that position and then give it to someone else who will honor him with it. This is where David comes into the picture. 2 Samuel 15, 28. The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. This is Samuel talking to to um, uh, talking to Saul. And I mean, like, that had to be hard to hear. But you see that Samuel doesn't, he doesn't say who, only that someone in Israel will be the new king. So, Lastly, it is important to note that Scripture tells us that the Spirit of the Lord left Saul permanently and fell on fell upon David uh, at, at his anointing and was with him from that day forward. Before the New Covenant, the Holy Spirit did not permanently reside in every believer. Um, 
he would fall on or empower certain people for a particular purpose. With the new covenant, Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to dwell in each believer permanently. Um, the fact that David had a heart for God and was and was filled with the Spirit and covered by the Spirit of God, uh, it made him the perfect man for the job and the king of and the kind of king that the people needed. With that said, what would our country be like if we had that kind of leader? Now, back to David and you know, in answering of the question we began with, what do you uh, what do you do when you realize a calling has been placed on your life or that God has anointed you for a task? Maybe at work in the ministry, who knows? How does David respond? He goes back to tending sheep, of course. I mean, it doesn't say that he responded in a particular way, but in 1 Samuel 16, 19, Saul sends Jesse a message and says, send me your son David who is with the sheep. So what you see here is a lesson that is difficult. It's a difficult one for a lot of people, me included. David is anointed as the next king and the Spirit of God rushes upon him. The calling has been placed on David and even if he is unaware of the nature of the calling, he and his family had to know that there was a real significance to that anointing. It's not like a prophet of God was running around just anointing people uh, for just any old reason. Not to mention that Samuel skipped over all of David's brothers and only anointed David. They had to be wondering, what is the significance of this anointing? You know, at least, you know, knew that God was, they had to at least know that God was, uh, that God had something in store for David. You know what I mean? Like, they had to be wondering, because he skipped over all of them. You know, Jesse brought in all of his other sons, and he passed over them, and disregarded them in this, in, in this, you know, for this purpose. But it was David that, that Samuel anoints, and so they had to be wondering, what is, what's going on? You know, that being said, David obviously went back to tending the sheep. So after he's anointed um, and saw, uh, I mean, Samuel moves on and, and moves to, goes back to this other town. And, and Saul, uh, you see in that verse we just read that Saul is asking for, uh, for David to be sent to him. And, you know, it mentions that he, you know, he's out there tending the sheep. That lets you know that David went back to doing what, what he had been doing, what he's always been, what he had always been doing. So it's important here to see that David was content and remained faithful with the task he had been given. He didn't chase down Samuel to find out more about this anointing. He didn't quit tending the sheep because he was anointed by the prophet and act like, you know, why am I doing this job out here with the sheep? I'm meant for more. No, David kept plugging away, content and faithful with his current responsibilities until God led him in a new direction. David didn't force it or forge a new path. He kept on doing what he was already doing until God began to lead him in a new direction. You know, that's a hard lesson, and it sounds simple to say, just wait on God. But that is much harder to do. We get, you know, restless and or we feel unsatisfied with where we are. Um, so we make something. We make something happen. Essentially, we kick that door open, uh, or we force that door open, like I was saying, or pursue something that seems like a great opportunity because we want a change, 
or more money or whatever it is that motivates you. Either way, it is uh, either way it is a me or I centered point of view, and not a God centered point of view. It is important that David has this this kind of heart for God and, and faith because it is that same old job that he has been faithfully doing day in and day out that God was using to prepare David for what was to come. It was that faithfulness in his duties day in and day out that God used to grow David's faith. It was in the daily duties of tending the sheep that God would strengthen David's faith and teach him to rely and trust in his heavenly father. You might feel like I am tired of doing this. I'm ready for something else. And God may very well be leading you, you know, into something new. But wait on him to open those doors and make a path for you. As you will see with David, God continuously works in David's favor to cause even his enemies to bless him. When God makes the way, nothing can stop you. He will cause things to line up and work out in your favor, even if you can't see it. He will cause even your enemy to bless you and by default help you get to where God is leading you. It will be, you know, it will be many years before David becomes king and finally makes it to the position he was anointed for because David wasn't ready though. He wasn't ready. There was so much that God still had to do for and through David to prepare not only him but the people for the king that David would become. You know, if you are struggling with feeling a calling like God is leading you in a certain direction, but it has uh, yet to come to fruition. Remember David, remember David, and trust uh, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Philippians 1.6, God is working in you, preparing you, growing you through the circumstances of your current situation. He will finish what he started. He never fails. Maybe he is preparing you know those around around you, allowing them to see you for who God has called you to be so that when that time comes, they receive you and celebrate your new position because God has caused them to look favorably upon you. This will make more sense as we continue on with the life of David in our next few episodes. Okay, guys, that is it for today. Next time, we will take a look at how God begins to create a path to the throne for David and how God causes things to fall in, into place events that would begin that would begin to pull David in the direction of his calling. Um, and also guys, never mind if you hear the background noise, um, my 70 pound German shepherd um, likes to get a little nosy and come over here and see me and uh, make some noise in the background. but um, if if I don't take the time and get these podcasts uh, recorded, um, every time there's a little noise, I don't think I'll ever get them recorded. So, um, you might hear some noise in the background. That's just, uh, that's just Luna. So if we would, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you so much for, uh, who you are and for your grace and mercy that is given out daily. Thank you for the finished work of the cross and the promise of what lies ahead for all believers. I pray for those listening that you would continue to guide them toward their purpose. Teach us your ways, Lord. Help us to truly understand them and live by them. Let us have faith like David and trust that you are in control. 
Continue to call your people out of the shadows and into the light. Let your people rise up and speak the truth boldly and unafraid, but with love and a heart to reach the lost and see that which is broken be restored. Use us, Lord, in spite of us. Let your people be that lighthouse, that city on a hill. Amen.